Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Salesforce, it's the largest customer relationship management service, continues to show strong interest in BC's technology scene. It's now acquiring Burnaby-based Traction on Demand, which helps implement start marketing strategies using Salesforce's CRM platform. And look, we're having two big partners come under one roof now. And so with us today to talk about Traction on Demand's journey and what comes next, it is CEO Greg Malpass. He founded the company 15 years ago and grew into one of the biggest tech employers here in British Columbia. So Greg, I just want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Tyler, it's my pleasure. Great to be here. Well, I got to ask, you know, we, we've talked over the years and uh, you've always kind of shown some reluctance to, to sell the company and, you know, maybe uh, that, that, that's a good strategy if you want, want to get uh, some higher bids. I, I don't know. I, I think what you're telling me a few years back was, uh, was very sincere in what you liked what you're doing then. So I think that the question people are wondering now is, you know, why is now kind of the right time to uh, kind of go under the, the Salesforce umbrella and uh, partner up with uh, one of your biggest partners of all time? It's a great question. So, you know, I think what I'd start by saying, Tyler, is you know, traction on demand is is actually it's it's a series of companies. You know, we have a, a amazing Salesforce.com service providing organization. That's of course the largest one and the one that we've really people have grown to know. But we've also launched Traction Guest, Traction Complete, Traction Rec, and there's another four actual companies in currently being incubated. Um, so to kind of answer the question, though, you know. In 2016, we did have a conversation, and I just I could never really foresee us looking to sell traction on demand. And over the course of the last, you know, six years, I, I would say the one thing that's that's really adjusted is an understanding of what my real accountability is, which is to the people that make the company. And so there weren't a lot of, you know, there have been a lot of suitors that have come at traction over the course of the last several years, um, of which, of course, we've not responded to. But when Salesforce uh, expressed their interest in traction, I had to take a pause and really think about what, you know, what was, what did this mean for the stakeholders of traction? What did it mean for the employees, the community? And really um, just saw an incredible opportunity. Well, it's going to be interesting moving forward. It's going to be a bit of a different kind of a model than uh, you've been used to. You've been your own boss for the last uh, 15 years. Um, how do you feel about kind of maintaining the culture within the company? And, and what about the, the changes coming, you know, from having a new parent? Yeah. Well, hey, look, there's there's the notion of maintaining the culture and, of course, improving the culture. And, you know, Traction has been solely fo- focused on one platform, and that being Salesforce. When I first started working with Salesforce as a as a partner, Salesforce themselves were kind of a couple thousand people, much smaller than the sixty nine thousand people that they report uh, today as employees globally. Well, through that time, we've gotten to know them, and our culture in many ways has been reflected and has grown really, by and large, from our relationship with them. Salesforce has this 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 concept they call Ohana which is really an accountability to stakeholders, not, not just simply one kind of one group. You know, their, their motive is much broader, and that's had a tremendous influence on us. So I would say the one thing that's exciting to me from a culture perspective is, you know, we're partnering up or joining a company that, whose values actually are not different in many ways than our own. You know, Salesforce's number one value is trust. And, you know, attraction, you know, the biggest thing we've always been focused on is building meaningful relationships as a people first company. 
Well, I got to ask you, you you know, brought it up a moment ago, you know, you've been incubating a lot of other successful companies uh, under the, uh, the traction roof, you know, do you anticipate it, it's going to be able to continue doing that sort of stuff? You've also, you know, been doing some cool things during the pandemic, whether, you know, developing platforms to help, you know, better manage and, and source medical supplies, you know, PPE for those frontline healthcare workers, you guys have been doing like a whole wide breadth of things. Do you anticipate you might have to narrow the focus at all? Or might it be, you know, kind of business as usual? For the product companies and the innovation organization, which is not part of the transaction, I think it's business as usual. Actually, in fact, I see acceleration in those companies because of, of course, the just where things are, the ability for us, to, for that team to be solely focused on growing software opportunities. So I think there's a lot of other activity coming down the, down the train when it comes to the consortia companies that we've built. And of course, that's been a huge commitment. I've always had to the communities that we operated in. Well, everyone's going to be asking this question. I'll throw it out there. There's no selling price to close, uh, disclosed when it was uh, announced uh, just a few weeks ago. Any sort of ballpark figure you can kind of uh, reveal to us at this point? Unfortunately not. We're not disclosing that information at this time. Of course, Salesforce is a publicly traded company. So I would always encourage people to find information that would be available through those channels. I was checking it out uh, just after this is announced. We also had the Salesforce. They had their uh, earnings call uh, the the other week. And uh, it uh, had some uh, very good revenue expectations based on what you guys are kind of bringing into them. So is it just kind of uh, validating knowing that you guys are going to be such an important part of what is just one of the biggest, most important software companies out there? It is. you know, And I think what's so exciting to me around this you know, when, when you're when you're looking at being acquired, the biggest question as a founder and entrepreneur and someone who's incredibly loyal to the people is, what's the strategy behind this? Why are you doing this? Is this the right thing for the ecosystem? Is the right thing for our people? Well, Salesforce is an incredible growth engine, but they've been so transparent in their desire to get closer and closer to supporting their customers, helping their customers to realize success and helping them to get there more quickly and more effect- effectively. And you know, Traction's been doing that even as a partner of Salesforce's for 15 years. Um, and so the, the strategy that Salesforce has really put in place makes a ton of sense, especially as they go closer and closer to this industry focus, wanting to really make their technology accessible to all, all organizations. Now, I mentioned it at the top there, but uh, Salesforce is showing a lot more interest in the BC tech sector. Of course, uh, just a few years ago, it acquired Mobify and, of course, messaging service Slack. It uh, was founded by Vancouverite Stuart Butterfield. They have a big office here. I don't know. Uh, from, from your perspective, is there something in the water uh, in BC that's uh, getting a lot more attention from folks? Uh, why do you think you know BC's kind of uh, had this kind of accelerated pace of growth just in the last few years? Well, and hey, it even goes back to, you got to think, even back to SiteMasher. SiteMasher was a very very early acquisition Salesforce made that eventually became Salesforce Sites and then they brought it into their, their community offering. Um, I think BC is an incredible birthplace of in, in, innovation. And we've talked about this a ton. There's, you know, the, the way the schools are integrated into, into the, the organizations, the fact that we've had some great anchor companies continue to grow. And I'm a product of Crystal Decisions. And Crystal was a product of Pivotal, and, uh, and, or sorry, ACPAC. And, and so what's really interesting is you start looking at this tech ecosystem and how it's unfolded in BC. I think we certainly have caught the attention of Salesforce. And what I love about this is they're looking at BC and looking at... Uh, 
a lot of this kind of Canadian IP as, as n- not just the ability to find great, smart people to work on their platform, but they're acquiring companies because they want to grow and leverage the capacity of those people. And I think that is a, you know, hopefully we can continue to draw organizations like Salesforce to want to build more, more capacity here. I think if we, if we step back a couple years, uh, tell me a little bit about the founding of the company. We've discussed this, uh, you know, between you and me in the past, but uh, it, it, it deals with a, a stereotypically Canadian cabin. Uh, why don't you tell your, uh, the listeners here uh, just how you were kind of, you know, kind of inspired to pursue this just over the last 15 years? Yeah, you know, I, I had the benefit of working for some great organizations, Crystal Decisions, Business Ob- Objects, actually, Cassette Communication Group, even before that. And I kind of came to a point as, um, as an employee where I, I realized that there was maybe a little bit more potential in me than, than even what my, the people that I was working for saw. And so I went on my own. And, and you know, I was living in, a, in Port Moody, actually, in a little condo there, and, and just kind of hung my own shingle. And kind of my, my whole mandate was just, you know, do great work, have fun, make money. And over, you know, the first four years, I was a solo contractor, hired the first person in 2010 when CanPages, a local BC company, hired me to, to, to implement Salesforce for them, very broad initiative. And it was just too complicated for one person. So I brought on my first contractor in January 2010. From there, you know, things just grew. And what we what was kind of fun about this story from my perspective, Tyler, is as we, you know, as we were successful with customers, helping people be successful in their jobs, they would move from organization to organization as well. And they would call us and we could help these kind of what we call, eventually we call friends of traction, um, be successful in a variety of their different jobs as they kind of move through their career. And that became our actual whole go-to-market strategy. We built the business, um, gosh, up to up to a little, oh, nearly 1,500 people. And through the pandemic, we actually even leaned into a let's double the company 18-month plan, which we've successfully delivered on. And so it's been an incredible ride from my, from my perspective. And when I, I never said, you know, I, that was never the mission. The, never, the mission was never even to grow a business beyond one person. But what has been amazing for me is just the invitations that I've gotten from other leaders in, in Vancouver, tons of mentors. You know, my relationship, of course, with BC Tech has been incredible and, and Jill Tipping and team. And so that's one thing I just want to kind of extend is I see Vancouver and British Columbia is an incredible ecosystem and, and hopefully we'll continue. I hope traction and the story of Salesforce actually becomes another one of those anchor stories for our province and for our country. Well, you've done some cool things to kind of keep that culture going that you've been building up for the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, do you anticipate, you know, initiatives such as, you know, kind of, uh, uh, making space at like say coffee shop uh, sorts of uh, locations for people that want to gather together, even the pandemic in, in a safe manner. You, you also kind of have that legion in uh, Nelson as well that you guys have been able to kind of get that satellite office going. Do, do you think those kinds of initiatives will be able to continue on with this uh, new parent company? Absolutely. And you got to think there's, there's kind of two, two channels for all those things. First of all, the innovation company and product companies that traction was operating and running continue to scale. And so our, our mandate for all those organizations to continue with the commitments that we've had to the community on an ongoing basis. Salesforce also, we didn't go looking to sell traction to Salesforce. Salesforce came to traction looking to buy 
our organization because they wanted to bring what we are into the fold with themselves. And so we're having some amazing conversations with Salesforce around, around what that growth looks like. And I can say I am incredibly optimistic. Question that, you know, everybody's also curious about when these acquisitions happen, um, sometimes it's uh, required that the leadership, you know, team sticks around at least to guide things along. Other times, you know, the leadership uh, team takes like kind of a, a relatively quick exit. Do you know just yet uh, what, what your immediate plans are with regards to uh, your continued leadership? Yeah. So my number one focus right now is making sure everyone is successful. I want to make sure the integration of traction on demand services goes extremely well and our employees feel supported, excited about this whole next chapter. From once, once we kind of get that done, then I'll spend a little time thinking about myself. I'm having a lot of great conversations with the leadership team at Salesforce, exploring the opportunities. And you got to think, you know, 15 years of working alongside these folks as a partner, um, there's a lot of really exciting things that I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about. And I'll kind of, I'm sure probably in you know the coming months, I'll probably have a better sense of that. Okay. You can only choose one as we wind up here. You can only choose one, but uh, pick out maybe a, a best memory accomplishment. It, it can't be the acquisition, but uh, just maybe a highlight of your career over the last 15 years. Oh, wow. You know what? I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. And actually my favorite moment was the first traction force. The first event that we hosted in Vancouver, it was in the downtown east side. It was in a smaller theater. It was completely filled. And we, you know, we, we never thought we would host a, a, an event of significance. The company was 40 people at the time. And every one of our customers came and, every, and they brought, everyone brought five other people to actually join in this event. And it was the first time I felt our company was actually more... More than a company, I felt it was a community. And yeah, that was a pretty heartwarming and transformative moment for me because it's when I realized as a business leader, I had a greater responsibility. Alexa, you know, Greg, we've been chatting uh, for, for years now. I look forward to picking your brain more and more. And I just want to congratulate you on this. And in the meantime, just thank you so much for lending time to all our listeners and readers here at Business in Vancouver. Always my pleasure, Tyler. Thank you for the opportunity. That is Greg Malpass. He is the CEO of Traction On Demand, and that is it for BIV today. But you can go to BIV.com. More stories, interviews, videos, podcasts, what have you, they're all over there. Meantime, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Orton.